What's up, guys? Welcome into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all, as always. Today will be a bit of a shorter episode, uh, but still a pretty jam-packed one as we've got a lot around college lacrosse to talk about. Now, I want to preface this first. So, um, the contents of today's podcast will uh, partially come from an article that will be coming out on lacrossebucket.com in about a week or so. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but So this does come from the contents of that article. Now, not I'm not going to read everything that will be in the article. I'm just going to go over a couple of things. Not everything, just a couple of things. Um, kind of maybe the uh, top two or three from that article. And uh, that article will you know, does pertain to uh, potential breakout players for the 2021 season. Um, and, and just as, you know, coincidence, um, a number of the guys that um, made my list for that article a redshirt freshman who were either, um, or a redshirt freshman or players who were injured last season. Um, I believe one's a redshirt sophomore technically now. Um, and really, last year didn't count. So um, every I know there's a lot of schools that kind of list everybody as a redshirt, you know, whatever now. Um, I've seen multiple rosters like that. But let's get into it. Some of the players, and I'm going to talk about today, two kind of pertain, two kind of are very, very similar in at the same school, um, and then the other two um, are different at, at different schools, obviously. Um, so let's get into it. So breakout players, potential breakout players for the 2021 season. We're going to start here in Charlottesville, Virginia, with a Charlottesville native, Connor Schellenberger, out of St. Anne's Belfield, 6'1", 185-pound, redshirt attackman. Um, and I will link this <clears throat> article in the note, in the show notes, but uh, Virginia, the athletics website, actually wrote an article, had a feature on Schellenberger um, about two or three weeks ago, I think, um, and how he, uh, you know, what last year was like for him uh, as a red shirt and learning under Sean Cohen and all of that. So um, we will, I will link that in the show notes uh, so y'all can go check that out. But Connor Schellenberger, obviously, you know, coming in to Virginia, as the number one recruit in the country, number one attackman in the country, um, by inside lacrosse. He was an Under Armour All-American, first team All-State in 2019, also U.S. lacrosse All-American as well. Um, just an outstanding, outstanding high school career. Um, if, if you have time or if you have not, um, I would highly, highly suggest you go look up Connor Schellenberger on YouTube. Uh, there's multiple highlights out there. 
of his some pretty, pretty ridiculous ones. Now, Schellenberger, and I love this on Virginia's website. When when you go to a player's profile on the website, there's there's always a quote, uh, a, a, a recent quote from that season. Um, so this one is from 2020, it shows, uh, from Lars Tiffany on that player. And uh, I, I, I'm going to read you this quote, and this kind of, I, I like how he, um, I, I like how Tiffany kind of lays it out here <clears throat> because it, it shows the, the it, it shows the full talent, the full versatility of Schellenberger. Um, so this is the quote from Wallace Tiffany that is on the Virginia website. It says, where do you put a first-year player who can make an impact at both attack and midfield? Connor's versatility was seen daily this fall as we asked him to play both positions. With a dynamic burst and a powerful shot, he's a scoring threat from multiple spots on the field. As he throws caution to the wind and becomes less concerned with turnovers, Connor's game will rise to the next level. That next level, Tiffany's talking about, could be as a sophomore, as you know, they redshirted him last year, and um, you know, I think they redshirted him. I think that decision was made to redshirt him in February because he didn't see any action. I think that was made prior to the first game, um, and technically he didn't really need to redshirt. He could have played a couple games and would not have counted, um, as everyone got that year of eligibility back. Um, when you look at Schellenberger and how he can be a impact player this year, no, I'm a big believer that he can. Um, from everything I've heard, from what I've seen of him in high school, uh, from what we've heard from the people at Virginia over the past year, or so from what's been coming out of Charlottesville uh, since last fall, you know, I'm a firm believer that Connor Schellenberger can be an impact player as a sophomore at Virginia. And um, I think the big question is, especially with Peyton Cormier coming back, is where do you put Schellenberger? Um, And I've kind of made a a mock, I don't want to say call it a death chart, but a mock kind of lineup here for the Cavaliers on offense. Um, At attack... Obviously, Matt Moore and Ian Laviano are both coming back, and they get Charlie Bertrand in as a transfer. Um, I think you definitely start Bertrand at attack. I think you move Cormier down to midfield, and then Jeff Connor would be your second midfielder. And then you have Peter Garno and Connor Schellenberger, all of those, you know, for that last spot. At the midfield, um, could Schellenberger potentially move up to attack? Maybe take over Laviano's spot. Yeah, that I think that's certainly possible. Um, I don't think that Virginia will play Cormier at attack at all, um, and if they do, it would be very little this year because uh, they just don't need that. Um, Cormier, I think, after Botron leaves. 
after Aviano leaves, and then Moore would Moore is a senior this year. So considering he doesn't come and come back, um, I think you could definitely see a starting attack of with, a starting attack with Schellenberger and Cormier on that. Um, so Schellenberger, I think right now, and again, I, I don't know what the coaching staff's thinking. I don't know what things are going to look like in the uh, spring, you know, but assume, and also this is assuming Doc Sakin does not come back. I have heard he is taking grad classes at Villanova. So I, that makes me believe he's probably not coming back. Um, I know he's listed on both rosters, so, you know, we'll see. But assuming Docs does not come back, um, if Docs does come back, I think you probably, I I would probably start Peyton Cormier over Peter Garner. Uh, Garner was a fresh Garner was a freshman last year, um, so we'll see what happens there. But and Peyton Cormier, how he played last year. And kind of him taking a red shirt and then exploding as a red shirt freshman, I think that's a similar a similar line to follow for Schellenberger. And you know they're not the same player, but they both have that versatility to play both attack and midfield. And just having that um, is going to be very valuable to this Virginia team. And Again, in today's game, and you see this a lot from uh, from Maryland especially, is this position with lacrosse. You see it in the pro game. It's talked about all the time now. So, you know, I don't th- really think the attack midfield designation matters as much as it used to. Um, obviously, for, like, lineup sake and, and, and who starts where, it, it matters, but, you know, in the end, I, I really don't think that um, it matters as much as it used to um, because you can start a guy at attack, drop him down in midfield when the ball gets over there, um, and vice versa. You know, you have a lot of midfielders now that can invert behind the cage um, and do very well at that. So we'll see what happens with Schellenberger, where they put him. I would not be surprised if they put him at midfield. Um, does he take one of Jeff Connor or Peter Garno's spot at midfield? I don't know. Um, do, do they not move Cormier to midfield and make him a second line attackman? You know, that is certainly a possibility, also a possibility with Schellenberger. Uh, Schellenberger has no game experience at the college level outside of obviously um, some scrimmages, obviously with inner squad scrimmages, but at, you know, in a game, in a game situation against another team, he has no experience yet. So, you know, that's a possibility. Uh, but Schellenberger, I do think is a guy that is going to have a breakout season this year. After red shirting last year, and from everything we've heard out of Charlottesville, he is a stud and is ready to 
uh, light the college and lacrosse world on fire is what it sounds like. Now, the next guy is in a similar situation, and that is Canyon Birch. Canyon Birch, if you'll remember, was a longtime Army commit, flips to Penn State, believe it was his junior year. Um, he was an Under Armour All-American as well. Um, let's see, out of Massaquan High School in New Jersey. If, if you remember correctly, he had that, um, he, he had that amazing Under Armour All-American game performance. Uh, I think it was like five goals or something like that. Uh, it was outstanding in that game in the summer of 2019. Last year as a freshman, he played in one game against Lafayette and then did not see any action at all after that. He had one cause turnover and one turnover in his college debut. With Grant Ament gone at the attack spot and Penn State, I mentioned the attack midfield designation. They had a lot of they had a couple attackmen listed as attackmen playing midfield last season. I believe Jack Kelly or Jack Trainer, one of the two, might have been listed as an attackman um, who both played midfield. But looking at the oh TJ Malone, I believe it was, was playing midfield. And I know Dylan Dylan Folds, you could bump down to midfield as well, and has played some midfield in his college career even though he's listed as an attackman. Canyon Birch, coming into his redshirt freshman season, if everything holds true and he does end up being the stud that we saw him be in high school, we could see him step up into a, a potentially a starting role this year. Now, I don't necessarily think... From what I've seen of him, and I've not seen as much of him as I have Shawn Moger, but from what I've seen of Canyon Birch, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not as equipped to say, look, he can play both attack and midfield. You can put him at either spot. Um, and with Penn State, I do know I'm, I just mentioned Dylan Folds, T.J. Malone. You could bump either of them down to midfield. And they would be fine. Um, looking at this Penn State roster, Mac O'Keefe, you're not taking him off attack. Um, and then I mentioned Dylan Folds, TJ Malone. And then your top two midfielders, Jack Kelly and Jack Trainer. Do you push TJ Malone or Folds down to midfield, start Canyon Birch right off the bat? I don't know. Um, you know, that's something we're going to have to see, but Canyon Birch definitely, definitely, um, looks ready. I mean, this kid, he's the New Jersey's all-time leader in points, 558 points in his high school career, 392 goals, uh, was number 15 recruit by inside lacrosse, all under the All-American, as I mentioned, also played football as well. Um, so when you look at the... Ceiling for Canyon Birch, I think it's pretty high. 
I think it's pretty high. And um, definitely can play attack at the college level. Can definitely start at the attack spot at a place like Penn State. Um, Will that mean that he starts this year? I don't know. Um, Could they potentially move him to midfield for this year? Again, I don't have that question. I don't have that answer. I'm not as equipped to say that as I would be with Schellenberger. Um, I've not seen as much as of Birch in high school outside of the highlights and that unknown uh, All-American game. I remember him playing a bit. He played at attack in Penn State's open. I think it was the opener against Lafayette is the one game he got in. So I do know he did play attack in that game. I think he might have been the second line or third line. Um, so we'll see how he progresses this season, see how he steps up to the challenge as he should be getting a bigger role. Uh, you know, a, an elite scorer, an elite electric shooter. Um, you know, if you put him at attack, can Mac O'Keefe become a passer? You know, who knows? Um, if you make Mac O'Keefe a passer, you've got a elite cutter, an elite off-ball guy in Dylan Folds. Canyon Birch, uh, we know the dude can shoot the lights out of the ball. Um, so we'll see how things work out with Birch and this Penn State offense in 2021. But he certainly has that potential to be a breakout player as a redshirt freshman. Now these next two players that I want to talk about Kind it, it it's a similar situation, um, uh, not similar situation, but it, it it's within the same team. So, uh, Michael. So we're talking about the LSM spot at Maryland, and y'all know I've said before the LSM spot at Maryland is gonna be pretty pretty solid this year. So, um, first off, just looking at Maryland's defense at the. Uh, the quality. So obviously you have uh, McKinney and uh, Brandau in goal. I would imagine uh, uh, McKinney. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, uh, last name. Would get the start off the bat. He started the last uh, out of the gate, I should say. Um, he started, I believe, the last two or three games. So I would imagine he gets that start. Uh, but Brandau, we know he's a solid goaltender. We know he can play at this level. So uh, we will see what is in store at that goalie spot for Maryland. But as far as close defense goes, Nick Grill will be back. Brett Maycar is back. Nick Grill's come back for the fifth season. But Maycar is back, and then John uh, Jeppert, who, or Geppert, I should say, I believe they pronounce it. Uh, he played close last year. He did play one game at LSM. Uh, so we'll see where they put him. Michael Ubriaco is a guy. He was out last year with an injury. If you remember, he started his career 2019 
was a freshman at Villanova, uh, was one of the best freshmen in the country, one of the absolute best freshmen in the country, um, 25 ground balls, 13 cause turnovers, had two goal, uh, three goals, including two in one game, um, was you know, absolutely just dominating player at Villanova on that back end in 2019. Um, took a redshirt season in 2020 at Maryland, had a season-ending injury in the preseason, uh, you know, took that medical redshirt, which technically everyone got that redshirt, you know what I mean, um, with the cancellation. But um, So he's looking to come back strong. And I would right now, so you're looking at this LSM room here at Maryland, I would, based on experience, I guess you would say, or talent, I would put Ubriaco as the number one option. Now, I do think, like, I'm, I don't think there's any question Ubriaco gets that start at the LSM spot. He, he's more than capable of playing at this level. We've seen what he can do in the past. We've seen how dominant he can be against Division One competition, against upper-level Division One competition when he was at Villanova. No question in my mind that he can come back from this injury and have a bounce-back year here at Maryland and lead them at that LSM spot. I think he's going to be the leader of that LSM room. Now, looking at these other guys, <clears throat> Justin Schur was their top guy last year. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's necessarily going... You know, I, I should say this. I don't know how much they're going to run him this year. I you know there's certainly a possibility they run him a lot. You know, he did have a good season last year. You know, it wasn't like he was bad at all. Um, you know, he was a freshman out of Woodstock, Georgia, near the Atlanta area. Uh, I think it's like north. I'm thinking about it on a map. Northeast of Atlanta, um, not Fulton County, whatever the county's next to there, um, in, in that metro Atlanta, North Georgia area. Uh, so Justin Show had, had a strong, a strong uh, freshman season at Maryland, um, served as kind of the top LSM. Now, they also have Connor Whalen coming back, and, you know, he was a freshman as well last year. Didn't see as much run. I think he only played maybe two games. Um, Show played in all six. Obviously, Ubriaco did not play at all. So we'll see what is in store for Show and Waylon, how they use them. But and outside of Ubriaco, the one player who I think, uh, another player on this uh in this LSM room for Maryland that I think is certainly capable of having a breakout season is B.J. Burlace, son of Brian Burlace, uh, older brother of Colin Burlace. Um, you know, spent last year at 
Yale. I think he might have seen the field one time. Um, I you know if you look on the Yale on the stats thing, I, I don't. If you go to his profile on Yale's website, which is still up there, obviously, you know I don't. They don't show any stats for him last year at all. Um, but I do believe he might have gotten in one game. Um, Bowlace was you know highly rated guy out of St. Mary's in Maryland. Uh, his dad is Brian Bubba Bowlace on the Schmeiser in, I want to say, 1992, if I'm correct. Um, his brother just signed with Maryland the other day, so he'll be coming in as uh, next fall. Uh, but B.J. Bowlace, so from what he showed in high school, is a very solid LSM. I would say he probably, him and Ubriaco both, could both play close defense if needed. Like, they both have that skill set um, on the defensive end, but both of them also run the field really well. Um, right now, looking at this LSM room at Maryland, I would, you know, Ubriaco is definitely the top guy. But I would definitely expect to see Bowlace play. Maybe not as much as Shrew played as a freshman because they didn't really have anyone else there um, besides Wayland. But I would expect to see him play a lot. How much, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't expect him to be the top guy and overtake Ubriaco, if that's what you're asking. But definitely Bowlace is going to be a very, very capable, a very good number two at this LSM spot. And, uh, you know, adds even more, you know, talent and depth at what is a very, very solid LSM room at Maryland. So Ubriaco and Bowlace are both guys that, Ubriaco, I think, is going to have a pretty good bounce-back season. I think Bowlace, as the second option at LSM, is going to have a strong season. I think you could potentially call it a breakout season, depending on how much he plays and you know what he exactly does. Um, is there a situation and maybe they decide to move Ubriaco or Bowlace to close defense? Yeah, I think that's possible, and um, I, I certainly think think that's a plausible idea, a plausible situation, a possible situation that could happen. So either of those guys, you know, are two guys that I'm looking at right now, sitting here, and what is it, November, um, that are primed for potential breakout seasons or a bounce back season in the case of Ubiaco here in twenty. 21. And, you know, this this entire, um, yeah, I, I think you could even um, look at uh, McKinney and Goal and say he's primed for a breakout season because, and I had someone message me this the other day and said, like, you know, you could, if he does start the first game and play the whole season, you, know, you could call it a breakout season even though he kind of you know broke out essentially at the end of last season 
he wasn't a starter. He wasn't a full starter. Uh, well, he was a starter at the end of the season, but he didn't start the year in cage. So, um, I, I you know I would be hesitant to call that a breakout season if he does start and have a very very good year uh, because he did start some last season. But I definitely get what some of y'all are saying about McKinney that he could possibly be a potential breakout player uh, just because of the nature of how he's his college career has progressed over the first year and a half of his career. Obviously, a very good goalie. Um, going to anchor a pretty solid Maryland defense, which I think should probably be the second or you know, one of the top two defenses in the Big Ten right now. I'm kind of putting Ohio State, Maryland as the top two defenses there. And then I would, kind of thinking about it, I would probably put Penn State as third, and then maybe Rutgers and Hopkins. Michigan is some young guys that I'm not exactly sure um, what they're going to look like as sophomores. Uh, they had a lot of freshmen contributing all over the place. So we'll see what happens at that program. We'll see what happens on defense at Maryland, especially with some of these potential breakout players in 2021. As always, guys, thank you all for listening. And uh, again, I remind you all, you can send in your questions for our Sunday mailbag episode via email across bucket at gmail.com or via Twitter or Instagram DM at lacrosse bucket. My personal Twitter is at Tanner underscore Dimling. We've had a couple sent there over the past few weeks as well. Again, thank you all for listening and have a great rest of the week.